0: Welcome to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about how women leaders achieve personal and professional success. With me today is Sanitha Sandeep. Sanitha is a TEDx speaker, certified meditation mindfulness teacher, positive psychology practitioner, trauma support specialist, and integrative wellness inner transformation coach that spends her time helping high-achieving professionals break free from inner struggles of anxiety, burnout, and fear to reach higher levels of professional success with deep Personal fulfillment. Sunitha has been a featured guest on the show before, and we didn't have quite enough time to go deeper into her experience working with women leaders. So we decided to do a follow up episode. Welcome back, Sunitha. It's great to have you on the show again.
1: Wonderful to be back, Michael, and uh, looking forward to the conversation. And since it's women oriented, I'm, I'm all excited.
0: The last time you were here, we talked about ways of overcoming past trauma, bouts with anxiety, fear of failure, and even fear of success. As we've talked, I've come to learn a lot of your work is spent helping women in leadership roles. So I'll start by asking you to share your thoughts on, is it possible for modern day women to have personal and professional success?
1: Thank you, thank you, Michael. I think this is probably the most sought after question, especially when women come to me and then we just explore. The first step for us to identify is what exactly that professional and personal success means. And I think usually we are stuck in the surface area that professional success means exactly these steps for me, or personal success means these steps for me. And now we are kind of getting lost because that's not aligned with who we are at this age, this time of our life, in this situation of our life. And most of these things were created probably when we were 17 or 18 years old, and we are just still stuck to it. So the the most important step is to first align and redefine your success based on who you are today. And the second step is not to have our happiness and our well-being associated with either personal or professional success. The first one is easy to redefine, but the second one is to not have our well-being somehow interleaved with our success and happiness. And I think that's the that's the tougher part. It should come more from a, you know, how cool would it be to climb my ladder in my corporate world? Cool would it be to just get that promotion and have an impact? You see, our whole being is now shifted to have more fun, more easy, more effortless, rather than, oh my God, I need that. Otherwise, I'm not going to feel happy about myself. And I feel like I'm desperate. You see, that, that shift, if that happens, it's a very easy flow. And the minute you relax, an innate intelligence starts coming into our world. And it's just more easy, fun. And now we can talk about having all kinds of success and redefine them.
0: So despite knowing that it's possible to have personal and professional success, why are so many women burned out these days?
1: It's a have-it-all kind of an avatar that they're comparing themselves to, but the have-it-all avatar is completely from a different perspective. They look at somebody on the social media, they look at somebody on the Instagram or the Facebook, And most things that is portrayed on the Instagram or the the social media is always the, the best version, the perfect version of somebody without giving much details into what is happening behind the door or behind the scene. And somehow we just start comparing ourselves and then we come up with this shame and we come up with this guilt and we always operate again from a place of lack banned from a place of feeling already, okay, this is this is my life, this is my acceptance. this is the way that my life is going to be. And from here, what is it that that I enjoy doing the most? What is it that that I care about doing the most? But then since we still compare to an outside world's definition of success and what it means to have it all, there is a constant struggle within. we feel burned out, we feel anxious. We feel a lot of shame and guilt also, like a lot of women come to me and then say, hey, I think I need to get that position there. However, I feel that I won't be able to spend enough time with my kids and my spouse if I take that role. And then there's a constant struggle. They want something, but something within it's pulling them from the, from the other side. So There's a constant struggle and inner conflict that is happening just within themselves, not even with the outside world that they end up more burned out and anxious because anxiety, burnout, and and these are mostly 75, 80% of the time is the chaos that's happening internally and much less about the chaotic uh, world outside.
0: It's an interesting comment you made about you know social media. A lot of people are putting out their best self and how great their life is, but not really letting a lot in on what's really happening in their world and yeah. how that leads to, having some a mindset of uh, as you said you know a place of lack or uh having that internal struggle of how can i achieve this other people seem to be able to achieve it i can't or i'm having yeah. trouble achieving that
1: yeah and the the other thing that i also want to add is no matter how much we achieve we always again feel that there is more to do and so it's it's the way our mind works is it's here we are here and then we always aim for the next big thing And then we struggle a lot because we are operating from a place of lack. We struggle a lot to hit this milestone or this goal. And the minute we hit, we feel a little bit of relaxation because the mind is now not chasing anything. And at that point, we connect to a deeper part of ourselves. We actually enjoy the experience of what it is. But then the mind is quick enough to give another milestone and another goal. So it keeps on going So I remember when I when I newly came to this country, I said, this is the the bank account uh, money that I need to have. This is the lifestyle. And then after this, I think I'm done. I don't want anything more. Then you see that the mind never stops. It wants to keep doing more. And I said, this is my career. This is where I want to be. And I'm happy here. I don't want to go further. And this is where I want to I want to. Uh, reach and the minute I reached again my mind is like oh you can you can do more right and that's 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 the nature of the mind and it's, it's not about controlling our mind to stop ourselves from desiring or not to be happy or anything like that that's the nature of the mind and our work has to be to step into the world of consciousness that's beyond the mind So that way, we can still desire, we can still climb that corporate ladder, we can still go set up our business, we can still make more money. However, our internal fulfillment and happiness and joy is not completely related to the the result of what's happening on the outside world. And that's the place I usually take women to.
0: In the past, you and I have talked specifically about some of the fears that, that many women have that they're reluctant to talk about. And I was hoping you might be able to talk a little more about some of those specific fears for us.
1: Yeah, one is definitely the most common one is fear of failure, especially for the high achieving professionals. That is the number one thing that just stops them. Growing up as a child, probably things came a little bit easily for them and they have developed an identity that... I'm good, I'm smart, I'm genius, I'm intelligent, and I'm that, and I'm this. And now if they want to try something beyond their comfort zone, it's going to question their identity of being that perfectionist or being that person who succeeds or being that person who is good and smart and intelligent. Because somehow we associate failure to being dumb. And we forget about failure as just one of the results, one of the possibilities that happens, no matter when we go and try something. You see, success and identity of me is, again, interleaved. They, they go together. So failure is my whole identity is lost. And that's the number one fear that people have. And the second fear is, believe it or not, is the fear of success. And usually what I tell people is it's so So when they come, when they talk about this, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to hit that mark and I'm going to get this going. And I don't think I'm ready for that. I would have to be talking to so many people. Then in that case, my family life is going to be um, uh, suffering or I would have to put myself out there in public and uh, uh, everybody will know about my personal life. And uh, um, there are so many things that they project on to that particular success, and then they withhold back. And I tell them it's actually not the fear of success, it's the fear of responsibility they're afraid of. And the other way to look at it is being in our current situation, if we project ourselves the way we are into the future of real success and so on, there is definitely a difference in how we are to the successful version of ourselves, maybe five years down the line or 10 years down the line. And this self has taken many steps to be there in that success, to get that whatever position or whatever money or so that we wanted to make. So there is a growth that happens for the self to reach that self. And we forget about that. We just project our way currently to that five-year down the line or two-year down the line successful person, and then we get scared. So again, it's a fear of responsibility. When the other one is a fear of um, being worthless. This is so, so, so common. And it is so common in people who have literally achieved a lot. And that's what keeps them going. If they don't achieve, even if they don't feel that their happiness is tied to that, for them, their identity is tied to that. So if they don't achieve something, they just feel they're worthless. They're insignificant. They're not adding any impact. They're like a way, They feel like, oh, it's just a waste of my life to not be doing anything. And that is one of the other most important, most common fear that women have, that feeling of um, being worthless. And then the other, uh, usually I talk about it as the the lower chakras in our body, which is fear of uh, being unloved and unrecognized. Then there is fear of feeling lonely. So if I don't do certain way or if I don't pretend to be somebody in the world, people are not going to like me, then I'm going to be unloved. Nobody's going to recognize me. And those are, again, deeper fears. And then finally, it's the fear of loss, fear of losing our identity, fear of losing people that we know, fear of losing our own life. Um, So somewhere, I think all of these become interleaved and it's very difficult to say which fear is operating at which level. They all somehow go together. And then the more and more you peel the onion, the more and more such fears are going to show up. And uh, the, uh, the one thing that I wanted to add here, Michael, is all of these fears are somehow very much related to our childhood days and our early adulthood days. They're very closely related to that.
0: So now that we understand some of the fears and root causes at play and that it, and it goes back to our formative years, how can women navigate between what you call the five P's, which are profession, purpose, passion, parenting, and partner?
1: yeah so the purpose and the and the passion are, are a little bit deeper kind of layers they are more of our values rather than just our roles of profession parenting and and being a partner and the way that needs to be done is to clearing things at the mental level of our belief structures that we have built so much into it, what's literally sitting in our body. So even if our conscious mind decides, this is what I want to do, or this is not body, because it's at the level of identity, just forces us to go back to our older ways of doing. So just trying to unlink that link that exists between the body and the mind, it's again, a subconscious. And sometimes we even go into unconscious kind of healing and then removing things from that end. So, So a lot of unraveling, needs to happen at the at the mind level, understanding what's holding us, like what are the belief structures that we are holding on to. Then the next step for a lot of high achieving uh, individuals is we somehow numb our feelings. We feel that we need to be really strong, and it comes from people who have been very responsible in their childhood days or very responsible in their early adulthood, like, you know, I'm always responsible. I take responsibility. So for them, it has been a coping mechanism that if they feel a little bit down or if they feel a little bit vulnerable, they can't do the things that they have to do. So what happens is they start numbing their feelings. And when you numb the feelings, it's not that you're only numbing the negative feelings, you numb even the positive feelings. So that's why for people who numb their feelings, if they're suppressing their anger, they're also suppressing their joy. If they're suppressing their um, hate or irritation or frustration, they're also suppressing their love. So again, unraveling things at the emotional level and making it safe for the person to experience all kinds of emotions, not just emotions of feeling good, but just becoming overall better at feeling. Then the next step is at the somatic level, again, removing things that are stored in the the somatic layers, in the fascia layer, our bodies have to start feeling really safe, our nervous system needs to start feeling really safe. And and I think all of these things are very important. And it goes in a step-by-step methodologies. First, we start with mindset, which is like the 101, then we go into the emotional layer, then we go into the intuitive gut layer, which is where a lot of the somatic healing needs to happen. And if somebody is ready, we dive a little bit more into the energetic layers too. But for many, they don't have to go at that level. And then on the on the other side, just when when these healing starts to happen, they start connecting to a deeper part within themselves. And trust, gratitude, forgiveness, compassion, empathy, and love. These are the most natural expressions of us as humans, the most natural. We don't have to force ourselves to be grateful. We don't have to force ourselves to like, you know, learning compassion, learning to love. These are very innate Expressions of ourselves. So when we start healing things at multiple layers, we we keep start hitting that deeper layer within us. That's naturally happy. That's naturally joyful. And so what happens eventually is we already feel fulfilled and happy and joyful within. So anything that we want to do in the outer world comes as an expression of that. Which means now your relationship as a parent changes drastically. You are available for your kids. You are available for your spouse. It's not the feeling of what do I need? What, what can I get from this person? Like, what can my spouse do for me? Versus I am already fulfilled and I'm happy. What What is it that I can do for others? Because I'm already happy, you see? It's like, I'm not looking for happiness from anybody. What can I give? And then the same thing starts happening even professionally at work. I don't need to do certain things because I need to be recognized. I need to be approved. Instead, I have so much talent and skills. What is it that I can give back to my company, to my peers, to my team, to my organization? And again, at the same time, our purpose and our passion starts opening up because they all come from a deeper place. And then they naturally begin to express in everything we do. Rather than we have to go look for things that we really like to do, they become a natural. We bring purpose, we bring meaning to everything that we do, and and that's a that's a very important shift that that really needs to happen.
0: I really like what you're talking about with not forcing it, and yeah. you know, because as you're talking about, there's there's quite a few things to think about and to try to process, I guess, as you're on this journey, uh, and what a uh, Obviously, the the don't force it is is a big thing. What other pitfalls should people be on the lookout for and and avoid it, if possible, as they're working on themselves and working through these things?
1: Yeah, the most important thing is this is not an easy journey. So people have to be really committed because what happens is when we start peeling the onions, more and more is going to show up in the initial two, three months or so. And then it just feels like you're going back everything is going back. You were, you were you were, better off before you started this journey. And, and many people feel that because what they need to understand is the minute they remove the outer layer, the deeper layers that are suppressed will start coming up because everything wants to be healed. We are natural healers as humans. Our bodies are naturally healing. Our minds are healing. Our emotional system is, is healing, which means whatever is stuck there, that's the suffering. It's, it's, it's a lot of energy that is wasted there because we try to suppress. So whatever is suppressed, the, the, the deeper layers are even difficult ones that we never thought we could process. That's why we have stuck it so deeply. So once you clear the, the layer, the second layer will be a little bit more difficult. And the third layer will be even, even more difficult then once you get the hang of it, you, can, you will have to go into the deeper layers. But then once you get the hang of it, you're like, okay, this is going to come. This is a phase. It's passing through the tunnel. I just need to be open. The, the emotions or the feelings and sensations, they just come through me and then they go. And once we get that, it's easy. But during the initial stages, it's a little bit of a journey because people are not used to welcoming their negative feelings welcoming their negative emotions.
0: I can totally imagine as you get started thinking about, well, I was in better shape before I started yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and hopefully being able to push through that. So when somebody is trying to find you know, a balance between the five Ps, uh, as we're talking about here, there's going to be some challenging times and maybe your balance is going to get thrown off a little bit. Yes. Uh, how can somebody best react to regain that balance and keep moving forward instead of regressing?
1: Yes, um, I would use the word respond to that, uh, because reaction usually comes from our unconscious triggers and trauma and uh, uh, unknown patterns. Um, so response means that we are available to whatever is happening. And the, the easiest way that has worked literally like magic for everybody and even for myself when I went through my own journey is acceptance. Acceptance. Like, you know, things are not fine. I'm not feeling well. I don't feel good at all. What does it feel to accept? What does it feel to just sit with those feelings and just accept them and experience them? Because what happens is the more we do, we just, we, we begin, our mind and body begins to learn that whatever is happening, even in the external world or in the internal world is an experience for us. And then we we kind of let that go through us rather than saying that this is the way things need to be versus this is the way things need to be. And the minute you accept, we go beyond. Like Albert Einstein's quote that says, the the, the minute you accept, you can now go beyond, which which beyond means here, how do you respond? Because let's say if if we are now in, in, in a heated argument with somebody, with our family member, or something is happening at work. And and if you say that, okay, I need to do certain things to get things going or so, it usually doesn't work. Instead, if we step back and if we look at this, like, okay, let me accept what is happening. Acceptance doesn't mean we just let go and we just take whatever is happening and, and then don't do anything. Accepting just gives us that ability to not resist what's happening, which means our energy is a little bit freed up. And from that place, There's an intelligence, there's a natural wisdom, there's a natural healing ability we all have that just flows through and it knows what needs to be done in that moment. And it comes from a very different place. How do I, rather than everything is broken and I need to fix it versus what can we do? Like even even if you see at our workplaces, right? If everybody is saying things are not gonna happen at this moment of time or, or we are lagging behind in our delivery or so, Rather than joining that, okay, things are not working. What can we do? What can we do next? And I think that's, that's a different, again, a mindset approach. And, and it's the way we retrain our mind and body to not always look for uh, and then get lost in what's happening. Instead, accept it. And through acceptance, gets, you get a bigger power and courage to go do whatever you need to respond with
0: earlier, you're talking about all the energy that it takes to kind of suppress some of these feelings. And then when you accept it, that gives you the energy that, yeah. uh, that you were using to suppress it and you get that suppress energy it. To move forward. So that's brilliant. I never thought about it that way. So before we wrap up this episode, what final advice or thoughts would you like to share with the women leaders who are listening?
1: doesn't have to be too difficult. And we have grown up with the idea that we need to really work hard. We really need to be consistent. We really need to be striving for us to be happy. You see, that's a very masculine energy. Things are not that way. Universe is backing you for your success. Universe wants you to be happy. Everybody around you want to be happy. Your body wants to be healed. And the best thing that we all can do as leaders is to stop getting in our own way. The first thing is suppression, right? Like we don't have to resist what's happening, just the acceptance part of it and just stop getting in our own way because then there's a natural intelligence that obviously will come and it is easier. Life feels a little bit more in the flow and effortless.
0: Siddhithas, thank you again for coming back on the show and sharing your thoughts and helping out our audience. If anybody's interested in learning more from you, where should we point them to?
1: yes thank you mike um, it's www.sunitasandeep.com and i have a free one hour masterclass that i talk about my awake approach it's a 90 day program that i have i just gives you a precursor of what that program is going to look like and then i also have an ebook that talks about my own journey and uh, again a little bit more on the awake program uh, it's all free there you can just go download it uh, on my website and if somebody's called to work with me, again, there's a contact form, or you can book a call with me. It's a one-hour free call um, that we will just see if we both are fit to work with each other, and then we can take it from there.
0: Wonderful. I'll add some information about those resources into the show notes, and highly recommend everybody go out and take a look. In closing, I'd like to take a moment and thank our listeners. We wish you the best of luck as you move forward on your leadership journey. Please check back regularly for additional episodes.